coincidences to get characters in trouble are great. Coincidences to get them out of it are cheating. Emma Coates. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. And it is time for me to have a bruised forehead instead of Lee. Yep, it was my turn at the beginning of the month. Now it's your turn. We are talking about probably my biggest pet peeve when it comes to tropes. I have my issues with the love triangles, with the Chekhov's guns, with all of that. But this one, this one is terrible. The deus ex machina. Yes, and that literally translates to machinery of the gods. It's something that happens out there, outside of the plot that you've established, that swoops in at the last minute and saves the day. This plot device was used most often in Greek, Roman mythologies and stories, and in pre-Shakespearean theater. And in that last one, it was often royalty or even the king would come by and pardon the good guy from all of the crimes that have gotten them into all this trouble. And we've never met the king before. It's not like the king is a major character, but it was a way to appease the royalty who might be watching this play. And the actual hero of the story isn't this character we've been following the entire time, but the king just goes, dink, you're good. Essentially, it boils down to the deus ex machina is used to solve an unsolvable problem. Yes. And it's often that quick fix at the end of the story of, oh, we only have two minutes left in the episode. Um, ta-da! And it all feels very convenient at the end. There's no working for it. There's no struggle. Their struggles don't mean anything because the gods come in and go, oh, well, I'll just snap her out of existence. Yeah, it's that divine intervention and coincidence that just solves the problem entirely. And it's never satisfying. That's my biggest issue with it. It never provides a satisfying ending because the characters actually don't have any relevance on the end of the story. One of the biggest culprits in this is H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds. The aliens come and they're invading and they're tearing stuff apart and farms are being destroyed and... How do the humans get rid of the aliens? The aliens, turns out, are allergic to our bacteria. So they just kind of die on their own because they're on Earth. Yes. So they're allergic to air and they die. That's your deus ex machina. The struggles that the main characters have fought through the entire story to survive, to conquer these beasts, are for naught. Lord of the Rings is actually very common with the deus ex machina. You have the eagles that suddenly fly in and take them where they need to go. Well, why didn't we just call them earlier? So how do I know if I have a deus ex machina in my story? If your character's actions don't affect the plot and the outcome of the story, then it's a deus ex machina. If they aren't the ones coming up with the solution and fixing it on their own through their own power and struggles, then everything that they went through in the whole story is irrelevant. We talked a little bit in the plot twists episode about setting up your plot twist. If your plot twist at the end, I'm using air quotes, you can't see because we're in a podcast, but I'm using air quotes. If your plot twist at the end, one, solves the problem, and two, doesn't have massive amounts of foreshadowing, 
then it's a deus ex machina. Another way to identify it is that if you are introducing a major character that has huge relevance to the ending of your story in the third act or in the final act of your story, then it's a deus ex machina because they're the king or the divinity that's swooping in and saving everything. Yes. If you wanted that character to be the one to solve the problem, one, you could just make them the main character, or two, at least introduce them. They go to the king in the first place and go, hey, dude is bad. King is under the spell of bad dude, and therefore your main characters can't influence the king enough to succeed. So the main characters go off, do their own thing. They manage to break the spell as part of their fight with the bad guy. King comes to his senses and then goes, kill bad guy to the guards, and the guards do. Okay, then we've set up this entire sequence of events that the king is the hope to conquer the bad guy. We know that from the beginning. It's not a deus ex machina. That's the basic of how to fix it. If you introduce the fix early, then it's not a deus ex machina. Because you've introduced it, you foreshadowed it, you're building toward that the entire book. The outcome of the story needs to be dependent on the character's actions. Raiders of the Lost Ark is famous for this, that Indiana Jones had no effect on the plot whatsoever. Love the movie, it's great, but it is essentially an action movie where plot is... (laughs) So the whole arc just destroying the Nazis was a bit of a deus ex machina. Because it would have done that no matter what Indiana Jones did. The only difference is that he got it back in the hands of the good guys. Yeah. So you want to make sure that your character has an influence. Even if it's just a, he read the magic on the side of the arc that said, don't open or your face will be melted. He warns them, goes, hey, if you open that, your face will be melted. They do it anyway. That's on them. It's not the best solution to that, but it's a better one than just shut your eyes, look away. So if you recognize that you have this problem, there are a couple ways to fix it. We've already talked about introducing it early, making sure your characters matter, their actions matter. And another one is to give it a cost. If the wonderful thing that sweeps in and saves everything has a major price, then it's a lot easier to justify. This is often when the deus ex machina comes in the middle of your story. More often than not, it's the solution to the big problem. But sometimes, if there's a major event in the middle of your story, then give that salvation a cost. Or at the end, if you know there's going to be a sequel. Yes. We call this the yes, but. Yes, they succeeded in saving the farm, but now they owe the elf king a favor. My advice is that if you recognize in your writing that you have a deus ex machina, remove it, get rid of it, find a better solution. Don't take the easy way. Because when I read a deus ex machina, I read it as if the author has decided to give up on their story. Yes. And as a plotter, you should see this coming well before you get into your novel. As a pantser, it's a little bit harder to avoid because we do, we run up against those walls where we're not sure where we want to go next. But if you find yourself hitting that place, push it out, wait through it, get through that bit and try again. Don't settle for a mediocre ending. And if you are a pantser, 
and you realize, okay, the best way to get out of this is this deus ex machina, trust your editing process and put it in the beginning so that you can at least do the Euripides thing of introducing the gods in the very beginning, letting the chaos commence, and then when the gods come in at the end and save the day, we've at least met and recognized them. Neat little bookends. Yes. As you're writing, consider what you would want to read in a story. Is that the kind of ending you would want to read in a good book? And that comes with what we always tell you and we always, always emphasize every episode. Write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing.